Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome in, everyone, to the Cubs Talk podcast brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. You can find out more at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. I'm Kelly Kroll, along with Vinny Duber here in Mesa, Arizona, as the Cubs continue on with spring training games right around the corner, Vinny. But one of the big uh, interesting, I suppose, storylines coming into this camp was all of the new coaches and how that would come together from a chemistry standpoint to everything else. We've had a chance now to talk to new hitting coach Chili Davis, new pitching coach Jim Hickey. And when it came to Chili Davis and his resume, what were you most looking forward to hearing the players talk about and work with a guy of his caliber? Yeah, well, the most interesting thing to me, Kelly, was uh, what Cal Schwarber said uh, one of the first days we were here when he talked about working with Chili Davis, and that was that he could kind of relate to his story. And right. uh, Chili shared with you later in the week that, you know, he came up as a catcher. They put him in the outfield. He had a, he had a good first year but a bad second year. Year. He got sent down to AAA, and it sounded like he was reading us Kyle Schwarber's uh, resume pretty much there. So as one of the guys who the Cubs really feel needs to, you know, d- do better than he did last year, he still hit 30 home runs, but uh, certainly didn't have the season he wanted to. Chili Davis is very important, and being able to relate to a new hitting coach is very important as no well. No doubt about it. Yeah, and I think something fans that you will notice as well is uh, if you didn't already as a player, Chili Davis has a unique presence to him, and that is another word we've heard a lot of the players say. It's just fun to talk to this guy he brings something special to the table and I thought it was humorous to hear Addison Russell say it's almost like meeting the president only not quite but his point was just that this guy really um he commands the conversation and what he brings to the table is experience as well as a new voice which is something we're curious to see how that works with a Jason Hayward a Kyle Schwarber he's a guy that worked with Addison Russell before in Oakland it was his first ever hitting coach in in the bigs if you will and I had a chance to sit down with him so take a listen some really good stuff here with Chili Davis early impressions of working with this crew I mean some new guys but I'm sure you've yeah. seen them from afar and a few of them you're probably pretty excited to get get yeah. started with good group good group uh, you know what impresses me is first of all almost the whole squad's here yeah you know uh, and they've been here for a few days but you know they um, they work they come here to work you know uh, I had a group of guys in Boston that were, were the same last year mm-hmm. and it makes my job easier they want to get better. They come out every day. Um, they show up. They want to work, and uh, mm-hmm. they're excited. And, and I'm excited to be around them. What made this the right fit for you? Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you have your pick of the litter. Yeah. I mean, everyone no, speaks so highly of you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you probably could have gone anywhere. Why? Why was I had, this year? I had a couple teams prior to the Cubs calling that I had interviewed with, and um, never expected the Cubs to be in, involved. So. I interviewed with two teams, and I, I thought it was going to be between the two teams. Mm-hmm. And after the second interview, the the Cubs called about two days after, and totally surprised me really? when I heard from Theo. And um, I, I got excited because 
you know, it, it's, it's an organization that's uh, headed in a direction to win. This, mm -hmm. They want to win, and mm -hmm. they have won recently. And quality players, quality people, and, and you know, to be around Theo and to be around Joe Madden and, and, and the staff this year and the players, it was it was really exciting. And um, what can I say? I'm, I'm I'm really happy to be here. Well, I have to bring up something that Addison Russell said today. You've obviously uh -oh. worked with Addy before in yeah, Oakland. Yeah, in Oakland. Yeah. So, and you've seen his career now take yeah. off in a way, which I want to get into. But um, first of all, he used your presence as it's almost like meeting the president, <laughs> but not quite. Is he that puts right? you right up there, though. But like, <laughs> yeah. what does that mean? I mean, guys, talk about your presence, the way you talk to him, just what you bring to the table. Describe yeah. that to us. What is it that you like guys know. to know about you? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's more important for me to learn them mm -hmm. than them. They're going to learn me, you know, because, you know, it's, it's who I am. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to be uh, fake around them and be honest, but I, I need to learn them. Addy, I had Addy in Oakland <laughs> and I, you know, here's a kid. There were three kids, uh, Brian McKinney, mm -hmm. uh, Daniel Robertson, there are more than three, but three young kids and Addison Russell. They're all first round picks and uh, we traded uh, Addy and uh, Brian McKinney to the Cubs for Samarja and Hamels. Right. And I was very disappointed uh, to see him go because I thought, here's our future. Yeah. But at the time we were trying to win. Of course. We were in a position to win and go on to the playoffs. Yep. So you do understand the trade. But it was just disappointing to see Addy go. But I was really happy for him because I looked up and he's in the big leagues. And he's not only is he in the big leagues, but he's performing well in the big leagues. So, you know, I, I remember um, uh, saying to him, you know, we'll be together again. You know? That's cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, there's a kid that uh, you just knew. Yeah. You knew he was going to be a big league player. Well, he gives you all the credit in the world for the leg kick. You said that was all you. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, another guy that I know a lot of Cubs fans are curious about, a guy who speaks like he knows there's so much more in the tank, and I think people are curious to know yeah. how you're going to handle a Jason Hayward. Yeah. What, what is that like when you know the pressures that are sitting on a guy's shoulder? You also know he's capable of more. Yeah. He knows he is. Where do you start? Well, I, I think the beginning is what you just said. He knows mm -hmm. that there's more in the tank. And he's reaching for it, and he, you know, he wants to be better. And I think what happened to Jason from the the Braves years to the, the years in, here in St. Louis was he kind of he probably got away from who he is, mm -hmm. and and he was a natural, gifted at yeah. athlete with the Braves. So you know, we're just talking. We talk about getting back to natural, getting back to what makes him a good player. Mm -hmm. So it's more his interaction with me and telling me the things that he felt when he, he was doing well. Sure. And my eyes trying to see that whenever he works, he's, you know, he's focused on doing those things, doing mm -hmm. those things all the time because, you know, and, and he's working well. It was, I mean, we've been here since uh, sometime in November, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's what he you said. Know, and little baby steps. But I tell you what, you know, you don't have to say things to him twice. Mm. He retains the information very well. So he's a good learner. Well, yeah. uh, another guy who glowingly already in just a short time of working with you, mainly because he felt like your stories coincided, was Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Um, 
I think you've already given him something just in telling him your story. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, from a confidence standpoint, what do you like about working with him so far? He's, he's a worker. And, you know, Schwab's, you know, he knows he's a good player. And, mm -hmm. and he, he knows, you know, the first statement to me is, I don't suck. I, you know, last year, last, like I said, last year was just a fluke year. You know, he says, I've never failed in my life, you know. And he says, I'm going to get back to the player that I was. Hmm. And, you know, he's, you know, I think he might, may have, and this is my thoughts. He didn't say this to me, but I think he may have, he had a big World Series, hit Huge. some homers. And I think he tried to focus on being more of a home run type guy opposed to being a good hitter. His focus has changed. Hmm. I had nothing to do with that. He came in here with that focus that he wants to be a good hitter first and, and, and let whatever happen, happen. And he's worked on that. And the main thing with Kyle is gonna be just you know maintaining focus. You know, So far, our, our, our early morning greeting is different day, same focus. Hmm. You know, Just to say, hey, every day is not gonna be the same but we can maintain that same focus that we had yesterday. So, so and he's, he wants to get better. He's, so he doesn't he, yeah, suck? Yeah, he, no, by <laughs> far, by far. <laughs> but you know, telling him my story was important because it was similar. I was a catcher, um, got to big league camp, and I'm thrown in the outfield to play the outfield. I hated the outfield. You know, here you are sitting back here directing traffic the whole time, and then you're waiting for things to happen out there. But I took on the challenge. I, um, I, had, I made the adjustment. I had a, a nice first year. Mm -hmm. And then my second year, I started spiraling down. I was so high at the beginning of the hmm. year. And I started spiraling down. And I remember one of my coaches saying, you know, I'm gonna have to throw you a parachute just so that you can land softly, you know? Oh <laughs> but, which, you know, and I understood. Real encouraging. Yeah, but you know, and I got sent down to AAA at the All-Star break for 15 days. And I, you know, I was in a way when I got sent down. It was, I was disappointed, sure. but I was also really happy. I, I, you know, I needed to get away from the big league pressure and kind of find myself again. And um, you know, I went home and refocused myself and, and, and thought to myself, I'm going to come back as chilly because I tried to change. I changed something changed about me hmm. the second year. And when I did that, I came back the next year and. And I, someone tried to change me, and I said, kind of, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. You know, let me fail my way, and then I'll come to you if I'm failing. And they understood that. Mm -hmm. And I had a nice year, a big year, and my career took off. So, you know, I'm telling him that, hey, you know, let last year go. It happened. It's in the past. You know, keep working hard, maintain your focus, and you'll be fine. I'm sure he can relate. You mentioned just that I hear you say daily readings. Do you, daily readings? Did daily you say that? Gr like, greetings. 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 I thought you said yeah. readings. I no, was like, no. oh, do you sit there no, with no. them like a reading before I, you go? I, I got signed out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'll yeah. keep that in <laughs> okay. mind. Last yeah. but certainly not least, I just, um, I've been told you're quite the storyteller. You like to tell stories. You like to greet guys. You like to to find this common ground, if you will. Yeah. What is maybe a piece of advice? that you either got along the way that you feel like has now been able to help you from a coaching standpoint? Advice. Whether you pass that along or whether it's just something you've, it's become your yeah. identity. How, how did storytelling and how did being I, you like know, who I you are? I play with some old guys, you know, <laughs> and 
and they had stories. And then, you know, I, I kind of took some of their stories and made them my stories, you know? <laughs> it's so, better that way. So, you know, the storytelling part of it. No, you know, I, you say, I, I, they say I, try, I like telling stories. I've been heard that I talk too much. <laughs> so I won't tell you, know. you who said it. <laughs> I never mind. Talk but as anyway, much as you want with us. It's okay. I'm not going to stop talking. You know, if I stop talking, then something's wrong, you know. So, no, um, the experience. I think my experience, I, I think, helps me understand what it takes to help a young player uh, be better. Because a lot of the things that they experience, mm -hmm. I've experienced them. Not all of them, but a lot of the things that they experience, I've experienced them. The failures, the success, you know, all that, and, and how did I handle it, and what are the, the things that I regret doing, and what are the things that I wish I would have done more consistently. So, and just watching them as individuals, you know, try to point out the things that will help them become a little more consistent of a player. When we've talked about Addy, we've talked about Hayward, we've talked about Forbes, when you look at this group, knowing offensively there's so many guys that want to do better in this year than they yeah. did a year ago, how good can this group be? As good as it wants to be, I'm telling you. Uh, from one to nine and, and then some. <laughs> you know, when I say and then some. Some I of the mean, pitchers can hit. <laughs> the bench players, our staff is, uh, we have a nice pitching staff too. Um, there is not one player and one hitter here that I think is, if he's playing the way he can, that he's not going to uh, um, have something to do with us winning. You know, he's going to contribute, mm -hmm. uh, and whether they play every day, whether they, I mean, there's such good players. From, from If we go with 12 position players, I guarantee you all 12 position players are players that could probably start for another team. So that was Chili Davis, the Cubs' new hitting coach, and probably one of my favorite parts of the interview, Vinny, is him telling us that the first words out of Kyle Schwarber's mouth to him were, I promise I don't suck. And for some reason, that was funny to me, not just because it speaks to who Kyle Schwarber is in the sense that he's such a hard worker and he was so disappointed with kind of last year's results, but also um, the team's motto being try not to suck. I don't know. It all played together there that I couldn't help but laugh during that interview. And then I think I got something good out of Chile there because he did expand upon what he meant by, you know, Kyle and, and what kind of work he's put in. And I just thought that was that was fun. It was fun. It was fun. And, you know, it's just interesting because, you know, Chile Davis brought in to work with these guys, kind of get them back, help them rediscover what they had before. And, man, if, you know, off-season work is any indication, Kyle Schwarber is going to have a great 2018 season. Uh, and to have that kind of confidence in yourself right. uh, to tell your new hitting coach for the first time what you're really all about uh, is really interesting. Right. Well, and it must be something to the players when they first arrive here at camp because it was Anthony Rizzo who also said, I tell my coaches not to judge me for the first couple weeks because I'm still trying to reacclimate myself to this game, like riding a bike. So I guess there's there's something to that. But Chili Davis, very interesting conversation. And just the first coach we're getting to know out here, we're also going to hear from new pitching coach Jim Hickey on the way. This is the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust, and we'll take a real quick timeout. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Wintrust Community Bank, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Member FDIC.
Hey everyone, welcome back to the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust. Kelly Crawl, Vinny Duber here, and as promised, Jim Hickey, the new Cubs pitching coach, who has really, from what I understand, he is quite a a chatter, if you will. He, he likes to have conversation, but for this first week or so, it's been a lot about just watching. Uh, not a whole lot of in-depth, it doesn't sound like conversations quite yet, but he has really enjoyed getting to watch this rotation that he's going to have at his disposal all season long with you Darvish being added here late, and then he says he's always been intrigued by what Kyle Hendricks brings to the table, and one who he's known for a while to be very good, but always seems to be running under the radar is Jose Quintana. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned that, you know, back when he was with Tampa Bay in the American League, right. got to see Jose Quintana pitch with the White Sox. Uh, and it's something that we've been talking about all week. Jose Quintana flying under the radar of this super rotation, if you will. You know, you've got these big Cy Young caliber guys like Darvish, like Lester, like Hendricks. Uh, and Quintana's one of those guys, too, but he might not get the attention. Uh, it's got to be great for Jim Hickey to walk into this situation and have this kind of rotation to work with. You talk about a lot of weapons, and I, I ask him that. I mean, in a, in a way, are you just salivating looking at all these different these guys with different uh, pitch uh, selections that they can go with, and can you? Where, where do you want to start? And he was just so great to talk to. So take a listen to Jim Hickey, who has obviously worked with Joe Madden before. Their chemistry is great, but you're going to enjoy this. Well, uh, Jim, first of all, just... I know you grew up in the south side and of Chicago. What, not only coming back to reunite with Madden, but what about just returning home? How great is that? Well, I loved Chicago. I loved being raised there, and I loved being back there. But I left in about 30 years ago, and that was for a reason, because of the winter times. So it's good to be back, and I'll be a lot happier when I'm back in about June and July and August. But it's, it's, it's really nice. I still have family there. My mother's there. A couple of brothers and sisters are there. Uh, tons and tons of friends, of course. Uh, so I am looking forward to getting back, and it's one of those things that you could just uh, you can visualize, I guess, but I never really expected it to happen, so it's exciting. So you're saying you and Joe will still be wearing all the Under Armour in the April games in May and all that, right? I can assure you that Joe will have more layers on than I will because I've seen his act before, and he's got the sweatshirts and jackets on in indoor climate-controlled stadiums. So Yes, he does. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll have some layers on, but he'll have a few more, I can get I'm going to bring that up later yeah. to him. So, you know, a, a few days ago, I think it was uh, Jimenez, Chris, who said you and he are like peanut butter and jelly. That's what he called you guys. In other words, a match made in heaven. Do you feel that way? That he, Chris and I are? No, oh, you and Joe. Say, that's a little creepy. <laughs> And I'm going to let him know that, yeah. too. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would quite put it that way, peanut butter and jelly. But but we had a very good relationship, obviously. We had a nice run there. We did a lot of winning, which, of course, helps with your relationship and you're getting along. So I know what to expect out of him, and I'm quite certain that he knows what to expect out of me as well. And it's nice because... It's all new to me. Everything's new. It's a new league. It's a new, you know, Arizona's new. Mm -hmm. It's new faces, new personnel, people that I don't know. And the one thing that I don't have to do is get to know the manager very well. So that's very, very nice. Uh, takes a little bit off my plate and his and, you know, frees me up to do the things that I need to do. Absolutely. You mentioned new faces, all this kind of being new. What are your early impressions, whether it be from just how things are run to the pitching staff from top to bottom you get to work with? Yeah, it's amazing. 
actually from how things are run, that's a good way to start because, uh, you know, really what, what really was the slam dunk in my decision to come to Chicago, or at least the finishing touches on it, was getting to meet Theo, getting to meet Jed, going physically to Chicago, to the offices there, seeing the physical building, meeting the people inside, just getting that vibe. Uh, everybody was on the same page and that page was winning and also built not just to win here in two or three years or for two or three years, but for a sustained period of time. Yeah. And that was what was very, very attractive. Uh, so that was impressive. This layout as we sit out here in Arizona <laughs> yeah. is uh, extremely impressive. Uh, you know, the stadium itself, the, the building here, the people inside, the personnel, the pitching staff. I mean, we had, you know, 18 pitchers or so throw today, and yeah. I was just, you know, one after the other, just wow, wow, wow. You know, look <laughs> at that. Um, and, you know, you can get a little bit uh, early in spring. You could get a little bit, uh, you know, drunk on, you know, what's going on, but uh, it's really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. I was, that's exactly where I was going to go. You have been with, whether it was with Houston, whether it was in Tampa Bay, some of the best arms and best starting staffs we've seen in the game over the last decade. And so early, I know it's early, but you're out there watching Darvish next to Quintana throwing pins. You're seeing Tyler Chatwood, who's supposed to be the five guy for this team. Um, where do you think it ranks? Where does it stack up in comparison? That's a that's a really tough question. Early on, really I know. Tough question. Small sample size, right? Uh, Two bullpens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think one through five, it may be as deep as any staff that I've had. Um, really tough to say. I, I'll give you a better idea after the season's <laughs> over. But fair uh, enough. One through five, it's it's really really good. Had some very very good staffs. Obviously, you know, in years past. Um, but this is five guys that uh, we talk about it all the time. Uh, you know, the starters pitching innings and not falling into this uh, pattern of starters being you know used less and less and the mm -hmm. bullpen being used more and more. If you were to give me a staff of five guys or give anybody a staff of five guys that threw between 185 and 200 innings, you would probably have a championship caliber club. And that's what my expectations are out of this staff. And I think it will be a championship yeah. caliber club. That's their expectations out of themselves, exactly. listening to every single one speak. Right. I, he's new for us, he's, he's new for you. You Darvish, uh, out there, when you watch him, do you, salivate in a way over the repertoire that he brings to the table and knowing that you can have such an impression on whether it's uh, pitch sequences or, or, or just making little tweaks that he's so hungry right now do you get excited about I mean you got to yeah, with well, I mean, like certainly I'm getting excited about what I've seen over the last two days, but I've seen it over the last five or six years as well you know he was in Texas and uh, I didn't get a ton of uh, a chance to see him in person, but I did, and it yeah. was extremely impressive all the time. Saw him extremely impressive, obviously, on television and all that. He is hungry. It's, it's interesting that you said that because, you know, he's he's a little bit stung over the World Series performance, and he certainly mm -hmm. wants to make that right. And he's at the stage in his career now also where it's all about winning. You know, yep. when, when you come over, especially from Japan, you want to be, you know, you want to prove that you could be a success in the major leagues. You know, you're not necessarily all that concerned about the team goal. And I'm not saying he wasn't, but, you know, he wanted to come. He wanted to be successful. Absolutely. You know, he wanted to strike out a bunch of people and win a bunch of games, which, of course, that helps. <laughs> but I just think right now, if you ask him what his number one goal was this season it wouldn't be to pitch 200 innings or to strike out 225 it would be to win the world series i'm quite certain of that there's a guy like kyle hendricks who i've been around i he is such a 
great person on top of the guy that then hits the mound, but you hear about other teams. He's the one guy that I think stumps a lot of other guys, or they want to talk to him because he's such a thinker. He thinks through the game. He's a true pitcher, right? He's not out there just throwing. What have your early conversations been like with him? Do you do you enjoy getting to listen and watch a guy who thinks through a game like he does? Well, another good example, because I've admired him from afar probably more than anybody, you know, really? probably more than even a Lester or an Arietta who was doing great things because he does it with the, the arsenal that he does it with and not to take anything away from what his arsenal is, but you know, yeah. the, the fastball is not this high octane fastball. Obviously the changeup is plus plus. Um, the way that he pitches to both sides of the plate, the way that he goes to the off speed when he's behind in the count, or at least his ability to do that. Um, for him to have, and then you look at the numbers of these seasons, yeah. it's, you know, he's a good pitcher, but when you look at the numbers, he's an elite pitcher. Outstanding. Elite pitcher, and uh, I know the organization feels the same way and just in talking to them. So I've enjoyed talking to him. He's actually a very good conversationalist and has to know what his game needs to be. You know, a lot of times mm -hmm. guys don't have necessarily a, a good handle on what they need to be. They just have, whether it's a high octane fastball or a wipeout breaking ball, but he, he knows exactly how it is that he needs to pitch and he goes about it, yeah. you know, day in and day out. So that's really impressive. So I'm certainly looking forward to that too. You got a good golf game? No. I mean, he's quite the golfer yeah. too, in case you didn't know. Well, probably we won't be having too many conversations on the golf course. <laughs> so <laughs> I can golf, but not very well. <laughs> So I want to ask you just a couple more things moving through the rotation. Jose Quintana is a guy that I think on this staff, I think prior to it on the White Sox staff, across the league can sometimes be overlooked. Um, where does he stand when you watch his stuff? I saw him uh, on numerous occasions with the White Sox yep. and was always extremely impressed um, the way that he pitches. He's another guy that, you know, I was talking about Kyle Hendricks, but he is also one of those guys that knows uh, what he's capable of and how he needs to pitch, and he does a really, really good job. So he may go overlooked, you know, nationally or whatever, but uh, I mean, he would be a front end of the rotation starter on 30 teams in baseball. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I consider him that here as well, whether he pitches game one, two, three, four, or five, you know, he's still. A, uh, a leader of the rotation and boy I'll tell you he's, he's exciting too it's 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 gonna be fun to watch it's crazy to think of him and what he brings to the table being like a guy you're like oh he's our three or he's our four which I know numbers don't as Lester will tell you every day they're just titles because once you get into a five-day rotation you're all ones and twos but for you when you started with these guys a new staff where do you begin how, how do you begin getting to know them? Where, where does that process start for you? Observation, observation. A lot more uh, watching than okay. talking, you know. <laughs> I think literally in four days of bullpen throwing, I have made two comments in terms of drip or delivery or whatever. Um, and that was guys that I had some familiarity with. You know, my basic opening line to the guys that are here that have been there and done that are just let me know how I can help you. You know, so as things progress, even here in the first couple of weeks of spring training, I'll certainly formulate some ideas and some notions and pass mm -hmm. those things along to them and they can do with them, you know, what they please. But uh, a lot more listening, you know, than, than talking right now. And even as we get into it, you know, probably a lot less uh, talking, you know, than just kind of observing and listening. I hear Chili Davis does enough talking for everyone. That's what I hear. I agree. I, I agree. And it's, it's nice that he gets to go in the cage all day and I get to go in the bullpen because that way I don't have to hear it all day. 
<laughs> so, C-Sheck is one of those guys you mentioned. You've crossed, he's new uh, to the Cubs. What can fans expect from him? They can expect a lot of production. This is a guy that is very, very quiet guy, very, very uh, good relief pitcher, a guy that's also been there and done that. I believe saved 30, 35 ball games yeah. one year in Seattle. So he certainly isn't afraid of the big moment when he came to uh, Tampa Bay last year. It was coming off a little bit of a hip injury mm -hmm. and then got that straightened out. And he was as good as anybody that uh, we had in Tampa Bay at that time down there. And also just selfless. He'll pitch the ninth inning, he'll pitch the sixth inning. We had him up in the fourth inning one time. He'll pitch multiple innings, he'll pitch back-to-back -back days. He'll tell you he can go four days in a row. So this is a guy that's going to be a very, very valuable member of that bullpen. And speaking, do you feel like you have a lot of guys like that back there uh, when it comes to the bullpen? I do. I feel like there's a lot of guys capable of that, but I also think that we're not going to ask those guys to do those yeah. things. We're not going to ask five guys to do, you know, multiple things. Hopefully, you know, yeah. when you're able to right. use the bullpen the way that you want to, you're pretty good. And when you use the bullpen the way that you have to, you're probably not in such a good shape. So I'm anticipating using the bullpen the way that we want to for the most part. And I, I think if we do that, you'll see a lot of one inning appearances and not a lot of, uh, you know, guys asked to get five outs or seven outs, uh, things like that. Certainly, there's going to be bumps in the road where you know things are going to have to, you know, happen the way that you wouldn't like them to. But uh, right now, um, I, I think we have four or five guys that are capable of that down there. But hopefully, we don't have to ask them all to do it. Absolutely. Very last thing, uh, it was a good thing. It very, it was something Theo had said at the end of the year. I hope I convey this the right way. So help me out. But not just a bullpen, starters too, but walks, a huge issue. I'm sure that's something that's obviously been discussed. Is that something as a coach that you can help with or is it really just something guys have to go out and be aware of and do themselves? I mean, I know you can't go pitch for them, but is that something a coach can, can help um, navigate for them if that's the right yeah, another, way of asking? Another good question um, and I think there is something that a coach can do to help. However, it's just simply making them aware or maybe encouraging them um, and I really think that uh, walks especially out of the bullpen are a little bit more of a mindset than they are anything physically or mechanically wrong you come into a big situation where you give up a base hit and maybe it changes the game so you're a little bit reluctant to throw the ball over the plate now it's one and no now it's two and no so you maybe nibble a little bit um, so I think it's more of a mindset and I think once the group gets the mindset of just you know really attack 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 um, it'll be contagious and I think it is contagious I think last year was probably contagious yeah. in that you know there was more walks than you would like and I think as you turn the corner and head it the other direction that would be contagious as well um, but you know what's funny also that you mentioned that because I have very few outcome goals, if you will, in a okay. season. I don't sit there and say, listen, I want to lead the league in earned run average or I want to lead the league in strikeouts. So they would all be great, you know, or I want to lead the league in batting average against. But the one thing, that one outcome goal that I always have for a staff is to lead the league, not lead the league in walks, but to have the least amount of walks in the league. And I think at the end of the day, especially with the talent that's out there, if that is the case, it's going to be an extremely successful season. I love that. Okay, I lied. Sorry. Now last, last question. because I you brought it. Drink, well, you, you just yes, please. Um, because you you sparked something. We're getting ready to sit down with Justin Wilson, and I don't know how much of you saw of him, but he comes over from Detroit, having had this just phenomenal year to that point. Comes over, really struggles with the Cubs. He's not the only guy that's happened to. Clearly, you've probably seen it from other guys, but. How does it turn around for a guy like that? Because I think he's a guy that a lot of us look at and know what's there, and we'd love to see it with this staff. So 
Have you seen it before and have you seen it turn around and how does that happen? Yeah, I've absolutely seen it before and I've seen Justin really good and I expect Justin to be really good. And it was a tough situation for him personally. You come over, it's a yeah. big stage, there's a lot of expectations, you know, things don't go right, right out of the, of the shoot and then all of a sudden you start to press a little bit and then it goes bad again and then it becomes just a little bit of a snowball and like we said earlier, a little bit contagious. Mm -hmm. um, and I would expect now that the season's over, he's able to hit the reset button, he comes out here uh, and has a couple of clean innings, I think that that would probably go away. And, you know, if it doesn't, you're just going to have to deal with it and minimize that kind of a thing. But I'd be very surprised if you ever see him go through a stretch like that again. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview there with Jim Hickey. Certainly a lot of great things. I love what he had to say about being around and coaching two very great rotations, whether it was in Houston or Tampa Bay, and places this Cubs rotation right up with some that could be the best that he's been around. So that was really cool. Um, Vinny and I... I also like coming home, coming home to Chicago. He'll like that. And for fans, I'm sure they love hearing that the walks, that is his number one goal is to have the least amount of walks out of his staff um, of anyone in the league. So they got to like hearing that. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, both Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein have talked uh, since we've been down here about kind of their mission this offseason to help kind of correct the uh, the walk problem from uh, particularly in the playoffs last year with the bullpen. Uh, but yeah, so to hear that from Jim Hickey, the, the one goal that he's setting <laughs> for himself uh, is great. And obviously he said too, you know, if we get a, a staff of guys who can all throw 200 innings on a season, which is a hard thing to do, but he says that's a championship caliber team and uh, certainly the Cubs have the guys that could throw 200 innings in a season and they have the makings of a championship caliber team. Yep, that's something that Lester, it's always been a goal for him and I think when he looks at these other four guys around him, he thinks it's a, a definite... Um, they are certainly capable of doing that. So um, as we mentioned, the coaching staff so far this week, it's been a lot of fun getting to know these guys. I think as fans, you're going to be really impressed with what they bring to the table, just from a conversational standpoint. Um, very easy and open to talk to. And we hope you enjoyed that from here in Mesa, Arizona, as the Cubs get ready to start games here shortly. That'll be fun. Well, thank you again for listening. Cubs Talk Podcast brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. And for all of our podcasts at NBCSportsChicago.com slash podcasts. Until next time, have a good one here with Cubs Talk Podcast.